I'm Martin SFP Bryant, and you're listening to Geek Out Weekly on Spacecasts. Every Friday, Matt Navarra and I discuss the week's social media news by going through our weekly Geek Out social media newsletter. We're live on Twitter Spaces every Friday at 4pm UK time, but if you couldn't join us this week, here's what we discussed. Over to Matt. We've got uh, loads of stuff to go through today. So um, before we get started, I guess just talk a bit about what we're going to do. For those who've never joined the um, space before, we run through my Geek Out newsletter, which goes out every Friday at lunchtime in the UK. It's going to be a pinned tweet in the space now, so I've just added it so you can find the newsletter. And we're going to go through all the social media news, features, updates, things that went viral, sort of discussion about all of those um, bits and pieces. Um, And if anyone wants to kind of have a view on it or talk about any of this stuff, then just, you know, um, request a space and I'll bring you up if I can. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of what we're going to do. Are you, are you ready to get started, Martin? Uh, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, the first thing this week uh, was, well, it was a couple of days back, um, someone signposted this new feature that Facebook had actually been spotted trying a little while back, but I don't think anyone noticed, which was a, a prayer feature, so <laughs> prayer, prayer posts. So you I can laugh. With, with this, serious. People like it. Well, there's, yeah, so but I knew as soon as I saw it that this was going to be something that people were going to find very amusing to make their own jokes about in terms of um, stuff to do with Facebook and prayer posts and why Facebook might want to pray and all this sort of stuff. So I put it out there and actually, yeah, it was exactly what I thought Twitter would do with it. They just kind of mocked it. Um, but it was um, picked up by Snopes who fact-checked it because I think it kind of does <laughs> sound like one of those things that would be April the 1st gag sort of thing, but it wasn't, and they get proven it is definitely true um and i think a couple of people did tweet about it to me and say that they you know from for their religion and where they where they're practicing religion it actually is quite a useful feature in certain community groups which you know kind of makes sense but um but yeah i don't think i'll be using it i'm not a particularly religious person myself will, will you be posting a prayer on facebook no no not for me but uh but yeah um i, I felt a bit guilty there i did a little chuckle i like, get the idea of a, a prayer thing but i think that's more just for the whole like uh, the way people mock the whole like thoughts and prayers the kind of insincere kind of way people say thoughts and prayers uh but uh, actually for an actual you know <laughs> community of people who want to pray i think it's a it's a perfectly good thing and uh, yeah g- good for facebook for introducing it so another thing this week I spotted was this, um, actually today, there's a new, uh, this just sounds so 2021, a, a new a reality TV sh- um, show for social media influencers called Hashtag Follow Me. Um, it's an Amer- it's, uh, unsurprisingly, it's an American reality TV show. And uh, it's going to basically be a cross between American Idol meets The Apprentice and the tasks like building up your following, creating an ad campaign and stuff like that. I, I'm not sure how much of that's quite interesting, given that I do that day to day. A lot of it's quite boring, but I'm sure that there's going to be something salacious in a reality TV show that's going to make it far more exciting. But what do you make well, of that? Well, it's, it's, it's a competition, isn't it? So it makes me wonder if it's going to be kind of the apprentice for social media managers, which <laughs> if, 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 if you think about how little... Uh, the Apprentice reflects the real world of business. Um, I'm sure they could make something that is nothing really like um, real everyday social media management um, or social media influencer life. You know, um, uh, they, they could spice it up quite a lot, couldn't they? Well, so, says, uh, yeah, the, con- yeah. the contestants will have to incorporate the brand points as pitch points across their social media, so the challenges will be critiqued on how well they align with the brand's messaging as they create mini video campaigns in each episode. It, sounds, it a- sounds tedious, but again, if, if you think about how they 
spice up characters in reality TV and make people, you know, I know people who've done reality TV shows um, and, uh, you know, come dine with me and that kind of thing uh, in the UK where, where they, they make you do things over and over again until you, uh, you, you appear the way they want you to appear. Um, so well, I'm the sure fact that it says here, the fact that it says here that, that Follow Me has already been cast, I, uh, the fact that it's casting for it to puts me off anything where it's, just, it's not <laughs> actually real people doing real things in, in a real way. But anyway, um, that's coming soon uh, if you're interested in that sort of stuff. Um, Instagram, yeah, so a couple of people flagged to me that um, some people are seeing the time remaining indicator kind of underneath individual stories in that stories bar on Instagram. So you can see this one's going to run out in you know three hours, six hours, 20 minutes, whatever. Uh, fairly useful, I would have thought. I haven't got it my version but it's um, a couple of people have um twitter's also had, um, updated its uh, twemoji uh twitter emojis um a lot more flat designs i think in there and there's a, and a lot of it's also geared towards being used as stickers on uh fleets um sort of story products so yeah there's and some of the ones that have been added uh, recently and uh, new emojis across the board haven't quite caught up i don't think in twitter land so they've uh, updated those tweet um tweet emojis for you um the other ones uh, the anonymous post feature so this one yeah facebook has had this feature uh, where you can post anonymous Anonymously into groups if it's enabled in that group um, but only it was i think it was limited to like parenting groups and maybe a, a one or two other sort of niche types of community so not en- every group had this ability and it, the admin then can you know agree to the post and it goes up anonymously but now it's shown up in loads it's shown up in mine a geek out group um i'm not sure well i suppose brand managers might want to sort of tell stories about a campaign and not say it was a told story but yeah, um, that's uh, going to cause a lot of uh, upset, I get for some people, I think, because uh, you can see how it could be abused in some way or maybe just seem like it could be a, a dangerous thing. And then LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn is testing a dark mode on desktop. Are you bothered by dark mode? I'm really not with the group of people that loves dark mode. Are you, Martin? Um, I... I use it quite a bit. Um, I do like the way that when you, you know, on uh, Android and iOS where you can have it automatically switch for the time of day. Um, I, I think it's a bit of a, it's probably a bit of a kind of illusion that it really helps your eyes a lot. Uh, but, uh, and you know, there's been studies that kind of say either way on that really, but uh, just as a, you know, giving you something new to look at, uh, presenting the information in a slightly different way. I quite like it. In fact, the, I've gone the other way. Um, I use superhuman for my email and I usually have it on the carbon option, which is dark mode. And I've had it on desktop on dark mode for ever and i just yesterday i thought i'm just gonna switch it to the light mode and it's all white now and suddenly it feels like i'm using a different app so if you're the kind of person who gets bored with your apps very easily and you're always looking for new things sometimes just switching from dark mode to light mode or vice versa can give you a whole new experience and uh, then you don't have to go off and find a new app to uh, get um, to fall in love with well, if you if you do like dark mode, LinkedIn is going to bring it to desktop. I think in the next few months they've said um, Twitter verification. You know, can't go by without talking about Twitter verification. So it opened, and then it closed again, and then it's reopened again because um, surprise, surprise, they were flooded with people who wanted to get themselves verified, and they couldn't cope with the volume. And now they've well, they opened up again. I think yesterday or the day before. So um, they're back, as I said in the newsletter today, declining all of the requests that people are sending <laughs> to be verified. Um, uh, we should mention at this point um, that we are recording these sessions. Um, actually, no one else is other than us is speaking at the moment, but um, we are going to record them. Um, but we're doing this thing called Spacecast. And Martin, you've kind of been working on this a bit more than me. So maybe you could just tell us a bit more about what, what we're trying out with this. 
Yeah, so Spacecasts is a collective um, run by uh, a guy called uh, Brian McCullough, um, who you may know from the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. And uh, so he, he's been kind of uh, uh, behind the scenes on this one. But uh, it's got um, lots of the people on there uh, basically contributing recordings of live spaces and clubhouse recordings into a combined uh, podcast feed. And uh, you can read more a bit about that on uh, The Verge. If you go into The Verge and search for Spacecasts, so there was an article about that uh, earlier in the week. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're giving that a go and, uh, and seeing how it goes. And um, it's, it's quite good, actually, because uh, it, it's very easy to you know, spend our time preparing for this and doing this. And then it's gone like that. So giving more people an option to discover it and uh, to, uh, to, to uh, share it and listen again or you know, whatever, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, Make yeah. more of the effort, doesn't it? It does. And uh, obviously, I still think uh, from what we've heard from Twitter already that, they, that, that it's on the roadmap uh, for the um, development of, of spaces to be able to record. I think um, um, they've come on and said, like, you know, that it should be something you would you know can do in spaces. So we'll um, probably have a native feature to do it uh, soon enough anyway. Um, and another thing that happened this week that was good for social media uh, managers in, in general was the fact that um, the Messenger API has opened up more broadly for Instagram. Um, so that means that third-party tools like Hootsuite and others can now put in their features that enable you to manage all, your, all of your messages on Instagram from customers on brand accounts or whatever accounts you're looking after uh, in one native tool that you use for all of your publishing and scheduling. So um, that's pretty good for those that have quite heavy use of um, like customer service and stuff. It's very handy. Um, so, yeah, have you been watching Kabi Lame on TikTok yet? Have you seen these TikToks from this guy who's now the fastest-growing content creator on TikTok? I have not. Tell me about him. Uh, well, I'm sure that there's loads of people have in here. I certainly have. And, it, and it's a guy basically will go through on his TikToks and see things that are uh, overly complicating something that's fairly straightforward, like opening a banana using a gadget. You've got Amazon, off Amazon that sort of super slices in a very clever way. And then he just deadpan with no words, no speaking, just shows you how to peel the banana and just sarcastically. And there's loads of them. And it's, I think it's a bit reminds me of like Mr. Bean for those that know, you know, Rowan Atkins and kind of like silent humor that's so global and uh, people can relate to that it's just everyone loves them and so now uh, i think it's a 60 or 60 something million uh, followers on tiktok and i think that the you know still got quite a way to go before overtakes the the, the leaders in in those but um but yeah it's uh, there's a big piece that's been done by taylor lorenz in the new york, new york times yesterday i think that's uh, and talks all about it and it's really really good read um emoji reactions on twitter that, that's, that controversial that's, one. Well, it is controversial a bit, and in the sense that you just can see how they would be used, you know, in nefarious ways. But also, which ones would you pick? You know, and, and uh, the, we've seen like you know, LinkedIn has got reactions, and Facebook, and many other platforms. So Twitter and, and seeing tweets with uh, reaction emojis, good thing, bad thing. Which ones would you add? Oh, I, you know, I, I'm I, I'm not keen on this at all because you can just see exactly how people will use it um, in sarcastic ways. If there's any emoji option there that is negative in any way, and by negative I include the crying laughing emoji, um, anything like that, because um, you can just see, um, or you know, even positive emoji can be used in a trollish way. That someone posts, uh, let's say you want to troll somebody you don't like, you you see all their their posts about them not feeling 
happy about themselves or whatever, or posting sad news or whatever, and you post crying, laughing emojis, um, you can imagine how people would um, be um, corralled together to uh, form trollish groups to, to do that to people, um, maybe through kind of burner accounts and things. And uh, yeah, it's... it's um, uh, it's sad, really, that we have to be worried about things like this. Uh, but it works on Facebook, and it kind of works on LinkedIn because they're different kinds yeah, of agree. platforms. And um, j- just the the nature of Twitter makes something like this something that should be a good positive thing, but won't be. <laughs> I don't see how they can engineer it to to stop that happening. I don't. I don't know if these things ever work on it because there isn't a polling feature. But yeah, if, if, if you think that they should add um, emoji reactions to Twitter, then and you've got a little heart plus button at the bottom of Spaces, and you can tap it, and then it gives you reactions. Um, hit the one hundred if you think they should add reactions. If I don't see many, then I'm just going to assume that people hate the idea. Um, let's have a look. There's one or two. There's a couple. Not not many though. Uh, okay, well, interesting. Well, it's not something that I've seen definite plans for happening, but certainly there's been in screenshots posted, and I think it's been you know been rumour of it for some time now. So maybe we'll see. Um, not something I can share detailed in here in this discussion. But there is a link in my newsletter to this um, a list of social media policies of popular news publishers. Um, I always find that stuff really interesting to see how um, sort of brand publishers are using social and how they tell their staff to do it. So um, if that sort of stuff interests you, there's a link near the bottom of my intro at the, in the newsletter, which is pinned to the top of the group. Um, so let's go into the, one of the top three stories that we've talked about in detail in the newsletter. So this is this Twitter blue paid subscription, which is something we've already talked about uh, for the last few weeks because it kind of went from being a small idea that it might be there and then suddenly like, oh, we're releasing it now. So um, it's there. It's in. You can now do it and use it and subscribe monthly to it if you are in Canada or Australia or, or, or I don't know, is it if you're in them countries or more users from those countries? Um, and it's three, uh, $3.49 in Canadian dollars. Um, but the features of it are pretty basic and they're not really going to change the world for anybody. And uh, so I wonder how, uh, other than power users and people that are uh, real kind of heavy users of Twitter, I, beyond that, I'm not sure how many people b- bother with it. Because what you get is the flagship feature of the undo send, which is a, just a delayed send button, really. It's not anything near an edit button. Uh, a bookmarks folder, probably the most useful for, for certain used to, um, users that kind of like to kind of collect up tweets across the day and, and fold them into different things or just generally uh, keep them in order. The thread reader view, which is a feature which doesn't seem to do much. It kind of makes it a little bit tidier to read a thread of a tweet, but it's not much difference. And then custom app and icon colors and, uh, and the, an interesting one of dedicated customer support, um, which doesn't seem to be just limited to, can I cancel my subscription? Probably, I would imagine. <laughs> um, what, what, I think most people have seemed to have had online the same view. Power users, I can see possibly think it's quite cool but there isn't anything functional really there maybe the the, the um, thread reader bits and the bookmarks but beyond that not many people are going to go with this at the moment no it, it feels like they've launched it as an experiment but with a, a very strange selection of things that aren't particularly compelling uh i think there's so much more they could do with this though um and i'd actually quite like to see them do different forms of subscription for different kinds of people so for journalists you could have um they've talked in the past about tweet deck maybe being a subscription product um and uh nuzzle maybe or scroll for uh, getting paywall uh, sorry um ad free access to uh news sites and things like that um so they could they could have um 
an option for information curators like journalists that has all that kind of thing in it. And then maybe something that makes life easier for the kind of power user who uses Twitter all day uh, to socialize and share links and talk about things. Um, uh, but they don't necessarily use it professionally. So people, you know, there might be like an ad free version and the things that would make their lives easier, maybe better ways of filtering um, what they see in their mentions and things like that. So I think there are things they can do, lots of things they can do, but maybe they need to have Twitter blue, Twitter red, Twitter orange, you know, different options for different groups of people. Um, and uh, yeah, it just feels like they've put this out just to see what happens. But I think the only people who are going to subscribe right now are the people who absolutely love Twitter and will throw their money at them, uh, which I'd probably include myself in, to be honest. If this was available in the UK now, I would subscribe just to kind of back the idea more than anything of, uh, of subscribing. Yeah, I think so. And I, th I, I would guess that the people in this room will be the same. And also, so again, if you think you would pay for that Twitter blue subscription for two, three, four dollars or whatever, um, again, whack the 100 uh, emoji and uh, it's just to get a gauging of it. And from the, the people I've seen online talking about it, it doesn't seem to be huge amount of interest beyond me, you know, media, Twitter journalists and, uh, and then power users, which is kind of what probably uh, um, it's aimed at to some degree. Um, yeah, a few people are saying that they would, but, but, only, but only a few. Um, well, I think they can add more to it, and there's, as you, um, we mentioned in the newsletter about you know the tweet deck and nuzzle stuff, there are there are loads of ways it could be kind of integrated into other stuff that would be make it a more worthwhile sort of uh, tempting proposition. But at the moment, uh, it's not. I did try, I must be honest, I deleting the app and then installing it from the Canadian App Store <laughs> and then setting my country to, to to Canada and doing all that just to see if I could trigger it. But no, they, this is locked down. I can't get access to it. Um, Facebook news to do with this. So this was like last night, wasn't it? This came out about the um, special mm. treatment to poli um, for politicians following the Trump ban. And so you know, um, people won't remember that there was um, all this uproar around kind of the somewhat exempt exemptions that were given to, to politicians and how that could have led to all sorts of uh, problematic situations with fake news and misinformation and, and, and lots of issues did occur from it. Um, but now they've done a, a complete, well, is it, would you say it's a complete U-turn, but it's certainly a significant shift in the policy around uh, how they're going to treat uh, politicians. So what, what exactly is changing now, Martin? Yeah, so basically they're going to treat politicians the same as anyone else. So uh, you don't get special dispensation to spread complete rubbish uh, on Facebook uh, just because you're a politician, which uh, they were doing, which they did, they did allow, um, uh, supposedly because uh, whatever elected officials say is newsworthy and, uh, you know, they're elected officials, so Facebook doesn't want to be seen to be uh, interfering with elections and things. But also, from Facebook's point of view, it helps them avoid uh, the ire of politicians who might want to uh, maybe uh, regulate them a bit more harshly if uh, they affect them personally. And the kind of politicians who spread uh, deliberate serious misinformation on Facebook are probably the kind who uh, would happily uh, be uh, pretty tough on on Facebook over things that maybe Facebook sees as unfair. So uh, so yeah, um, this is uh, basically the oversight board um, when considering whether to uphold the um, the ban on Trump. Um, one of the, uh, which has obviously been kicked uh, down the road now uh, for Facebook to come back on uh, in the next few months, but um, one thing they did say was uh, by, uh, I think, tomorrow, uh, they had to 
have responded to some recommendations, um, including uh, this idea of uh, opening up um, uh, uh, the idea of uh, politicians uh, basically having the same uh, rules as everybody else. Uh, so uh, I don't think we've seen a, an official announcement from Facebook about this, but uh, assuming uh, the Verge is right, and it's Alex Heath who is uh, um, well connected and all of that. So uh, I think we'll probably see something um, probably uh, Friday afternoon um, Pacific time. Uh, it sounds like uh, the kind of time they might announce something like this. So uh, uh, later on this evening, UK time. Well, so what do you make about the whole idea? Of, well, not the idea. It's a fact that the the, the rules um, now are that they will not still not going to fact check politicians, are they? They're just they're, they're going to apply the rules in terms of content moderation in a, mm. in a fairer way, and, and so they're, they're more you know they can't just say horrible, bullying, nasty things like you know like the rest of us shouldn't be and can't be, but um, but they can't. They're not going to fact check them. Um, what what is it a weird decision to still maintain that, or do you think there's a, there's a good reason? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a difficult one and part of that i suppose is is just the difficulty of uh, fact checking everything and uh, you can have uh, fact checking set up for particular uh, for particular topics and uh, particular things that, that, that run away but uh, I, can you fact check everything um, as a platform and can you get your kind of fact checking partners as, as, as facebook has uh, to cover everything that every politician around the world says uh, probably but not surely at the so, moment though if they're fact checking other stuff that's going out there and things and this is just add, adding a little bit more to already a huge pile of stuff that they're going to do isn't it i guess but but yeah the point's still the same you know whether there's a special rule of fact checking for for politicians or not um well it's um like you say it, it, this is kind of off the back of the oversight board stuff um and it, it, there'll be some interesting stories probably off the back of that to talk about you know what was the repercussions and, and actual impact ha- held by these decisions that the oversight board are making particularly the trump one um but there's still more to come on it and we'll um talking about trump uh, there's another story. So, so a few weeks ago, um, some of you remember talking about the fact, and um, for months leading up to it, in fact, that Donald Trump was um, spouting out that he was going to launch a, a big, huge social network, you know, better than all the rest, and have his own platform, build his own network. Um, and then it came to to kind of be, you know, launched a few weeks ago, and it was a, a really bad blog. Um, it was just kind of really poorly built and had lots of bugs in it, and wasn't heavily used, and barely could call it a social network really you know so anyway um it's now shut down and been killed it's, it's uh, but they're sort of sort of putting a positive spin on it suggesting that this was a precursor to something more significant and that's and that's still coming so it just sounds like normal trump as usual kind of just say any words that you know make it sound yeah. good yeah, so um, CNBC um, asked um, uh, Trump, uh, Trump's senior aide Jason Miller uh, whether this was a precursor to uh, um, uh, Trump joining another social media platform, and he said, yes, actually, it is. Uh, so um, I think um, we might see, for example, him maybe, I don't know, uh, signing up as an exclusive agreement with uh, you know, Parler or one of yeah, the Yeah, I was going to uh, say Parler. Perhaps. Um, uh, some kind of agreement, um, and, and there had been it had been reported previously that he was in talks while he was still in office uh, to uh, sign up exclusively, I think, to Parler. Uh, but uh, but but that all fell through because I think he wanted equity, and uh, I don't know. Um, uh, that was a, a report um, a few weeks ago uh, we heard. So uh, who knows what's happened there? Uh, but I think the fact is, if he's not on Twitter, uh, and so journalists aren't seeing his tweets constantly and seeing all the discussion about it. 
does he ever get anything like the attention he had previously if he's on uh, some smaller niche network acting as the star to draw people in and he's not present anymore will he get anywhere near the same amount of attention and uh, you have to think that um, that kind of instant attention is what he's craving that that feeling when you publish something and suddenly you've got a million retweets and likes and suddenly it's like oh look at all these people listening to every word yeah, i say yeah. hanging on every word um if he uh, I, I i can only assume he wasn't getting that through this blog and so uh, he, he's trying with something else but uh, you have to wonder if he'll ever get that back yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, yeah, who knows? The thing with Trump is one thing is um, the only definite thing about him is nothing's ever definite because it's, <laughs> so it's you're never sure what's going to change one minute to next. You know, TikTok was going to be banned one minute. So anyway, um, it's, uh, it's one for another day. Uh, let's have a quick look at some of the other bits and pieces that were in the newsletter and happening in news this week. Um, so Facebook had um, its uh, F8 uh, developer kind of conference uh, called Refresh this year, F8 Refresh. Um, and it was really kind of less of a big affair than maybe in previous ones, but this was probably just like a smaller one uh, for some um, in sort of key updates and the main things was one of them was the messenger api which we talked about earlier which has now been in beta but it's now open to all developers so third-party platforms hootsuite and the others as we say can now build mess instagram messaging into the kind of tools it gives social media managers and others but there's also some um, stuff to in integrate and instagram into other things uh, other workflows there's some new ar features being opened up through its spark ar program and, uh, and a few other bits and pieces to do with whatsapp for business as well to kind of improve the kind of uh connect the ability to build your presence as a business on whatsapp so lots of uh, lots of dev stuff not so much directly you know first-hand consumer bits and pieces at this stage um but there's been some news as, in the last couple of hours about facebook so there's been another case put against them in europe hasn't there yeah, so actually um, the EU and UK are both opening um, uh, very an uh, US word antitrust, uh, we probably call them competition uh, uh, inquiries into uh, Facebook um, and uh, the Wall Street Journal reporting that it's uh, into uh, the classified ad service marketplace and uh, Facebook's use of advertiser data. Uh, so uh, so yeah, we'll have to see about how this, uh, this will go, but it's just interesting that uh, both UK and EU investigations, um, both both coming through on the same day uh, and uh, yeah it, it feels a bit like that day a couple of weeks ago where both Amazon and Apple both announced um, lossless music um, offerings uh, for free on the same day uh, it's like uh, you know everyone's uh, now competing to, uh, to to investigate Facebook uh, but uh, yeah uh, we'll have to see how this uh, it's only the start of the investigation so uh, we'll have to see how it how it unfolds but uh, more yet more uh, headaches for uh, um, Mark Zuckerberg and his team to uh, wrap their head around and uh, again, talking of talking of Mark, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, for the people who um, are into all like new features and find you know what the latest platforms updates are, which is me and a few other geeks out there. Um, one of the people that just posts this information is a Twitter account and a Telegram group and a whole load of other things by um, WA Beta Info. So if you're on Twitter and you look up WA Beta Info, um, it's an account from a guy that uh, I've known for some time who does all this stuff, but only for WhatsApp updates and. And he um, got buzzed this week because I think um, uh, I assume WhatsApp wanted to have a word and sort of say, you know, here's some updates for you because they finally realized that actually these leaker account people are quite a useful way to kind of 
get things out there when they want to strategically get a message out. So anyway, um, they did a thing with him this week, which is the first time they've done it. And um, he had a, a group chat call with WhatsApp's um, uh, head of uh, CEO, is it CEO. I'm not sure what role they call him, head of, I, I assume. Head of, yeah. Will. And, uh, and then also Mark Zuckerberg dropped into the group chat as well with him. <laughs> so this guy who's just been leaking bits and bobs to doing some similar but different to things to what I've been doing for years, suddenly he's in this group chat with Mark Zuckerberg talking away, or at least someone who's saying they are. Um, but there's some good updates, actually. They were talking about updates for WhatsApp um, for iPad um, and a disappearing messages feature updates. So if you get a chance, have a look at all of that. You'll find some useful. <laughs> so, I love the way you say, like, it's someone who's claiming they are, uh, like, because it, uh, yeah. the look of it, it was, it was audio uh, messages from uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, is it so audio? I, I like audio. to think that Mark Zuckerberg was too busy, and so they got a Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> yeah. impersonator. That would be good. No, I <laughs> what I was thinking, I didn't actually know he had voice messages. I was thinking it was more a case of um, he had a message it was just text back and forwards and photos and stuff it could have just been his pa admin whoever person yeah, yeah. but um i didn't realize it was voice oh in that case yeah i don't think i really got to that much trouble um what else have we got here that was going on this week uh, there's lots of stuff to do with you know there's um, releases about disinformation campaigns you know we saw you know russia being accused again of being the main source for a lot of this stuff um but then there was another bit of reporting come out um that was um, saying that you know the u.s again maybe unsurprisingly is the top target for for, for, for people doing these campaigns of disinformation so uh, not a lot there that was new really um, what else have we got uh, around here let's have a look uh, yeah so there's a bunch of Instagram um, stars reality TV stars from Geordie Shaw MTV's program and um, uh, X on the beach and all that kind of stuff they have been posting stuff for kind of loan get you know save yourself thousands of pounds right off all your debt now kind of adverts but not labeling them as adverts so they got uh, a ticking off and uh, the posts were pulled down, but I don't think they've got fined or anything. I'm just going to give it another warning. Um, Birdwatch, have you seen anyone, or do you know anyone who's got Twitter Birdwatch? Because I haven't. So Birdwatch being the fact-checking feature that they're testing in the US for Twitter. No, no. Um, uh, yeah, it was something you actually had to uh, apply for, I think, wasn't it? So um, yeah. it, they want people who are actively going to... Um, make notes about tweets and things and they wanted kind of very engaged people to take part in it uh but uh but no i i've not spoken to anyone who's actually used it but uh, uh overall it's quite an interesting idea so what they're doing now aren't they is uh, um, attaching some of these notes uh, that uh, the users of birdwatch have made kind of fact checking notes and supplementary info about uh, what's what's in in these uh, popular tweets uh, they're actually attaching them to the tweets themselves uh, so i uh, and at the moment only visible to people who are in the birdwatch test so it's a very limited thing but I think that's quite an interesting way of approaching fact-checking. I'm not certain it'll work because the more you open up Birdwatch, the more likely it is that it will be abused by people um, fact-checking uh, in their own um It's always uh, going to have to be a vetted thing, isn't it? It's never going to be able to be a everybody can add a, a Birdwatch comment to it because it just wouldn't work. So I'm assuming that there's going to be a continual application vetting thing, a bit like the translation, and you can, you can add that little globe um, sort of sticker thing to your profile if you if you say you're a translator of languages and stuff but either way um yeah i think you're right it could be it could be heavily abused but i think it seems so obvious that that would be the case that 
it must be part of the way that they're going to do it so they won't become that way um tiktok um is not doing hasn't done itself any favors here in the sense of americans or, or people in general who have felt that tiktok could be sort of sending its data to china and, and all the sorts of information it might be collecting and then potentially sending to its chinese bosses um <laughs> there's been an update today or in the news um, on lots of outlets but TechCrunch we copied in the newsletter where it's just given itself permission to collect biometric data data on us users including face prints and voice prints and that's a quote directly from the terms there, there's a bit more to it than that but but yeah this isn't going to help them at all in terms of people thinking what they're up to now yeah yeah absolutely and now it, it could uh, it could very much be as it says here while this might sound creepy uh, other sub social networks do object uh, do object recognition uh, on images uh, so it could very well be to do with ar and things like that so doing voice effects and uh, face recognition you know uh, turning your face into something else and all that kind of thing uh, could require uh, biometric data um, so it's kind of like when people get ups upset in the terms and conditions of social networks where it says, like, you reserve the, the right for us to include your image in advertising. And they go, oh, they're going to use my personal photos on billboards and things. And it's not that at all. Or, you know, we, we want to uh, we'll have to copy all your data and send it to some far-flung country or something and that's just the way cloud computing works and people don't necessarily understand and lawyers don't necessarily understand how to write these things in ways that make sense to people um so it feels like something that they could have just got around by wording it maybe slightly differently um, unless they really are collecting all this stuff to send and do maybe uh, they're just a, an with, evil bad thing thought, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they just really are evil and this is just a you know a genius just like, <laughs> like no they're not gonna do that and they're like there we are but um there is a bit in, in the TechCrunch article that does point out the fact that the policy also notes that part of the data collection is for enabling special video effects, content mm. moderation, de demographic classification, ad recommendations, content recommendations. So this kind of it does feel like it's a bit of one of those catch-all kind of terms to cover their asses because everyone gets upset when something happens once and then it's like they didn't know that they were allowed to do it. But but because of the type of thing it is, you know, it does make you kind of wonder, well, do, do you want to have a catch-all with, with that particular sort of bit of your data? Um, yeah, anyway. always, get, always get comms people involved with any kind of communication that's why i say including the terms of service you want to get some really easy to read plain english terms of service that explain very clearly what things do because otherwise things like this will happen yeah we've heard this one we've heard this story before haven't we somewhere mm. um so what else have we got um, that's going on to do with so tiktok yeah, this is quite an interesting longer read there's a couple of versions of it but um there was a story that i spotted about that tiktok was knocked off of the top of the u.s app store chart <laughs> for the first time in you know however many years the last couple of years or 18 months or whatever um and but interestingly more interestingly in the fact that tiktok was finally been dethroned for a bit um was that the app that knocked it off was a really basic Basic, simple keyboard app um, and for a day or so when I first saw the story it just said there's yeah, some simple keyboard app not no one seemed to but care and batter an island so well, well, why is a keyboard app dethroned dethroned TikTok well the reason I think it was dug up by uh, I forgot the, uh, the author name now but maybe Martin you've got it there but uh, Gizmodo uh, Shoshana um, Wodinski that's right yeah and she I looked it up and uh, figured out that actually it was to do with a, a sort of viral trend uh, thing going on on TikTok where people were using it to spam other people in comments with, uh, with a very simple copy-paste trick that this app is particularly adept at doing. And so it's quite amusing that that's the feature, the app, that is now led to dethroning
doing TikTok because it went viral on TikTok and other places as well. But anyway, <laughs> very good read if you get a chance to read it. It's the, the story as to how that came to be. Um, what else we got? Uh, some new, yeah. So Clubhouse, they've, they've just come out this week and given some details about there's more than two million users on Android, and I think they've just recently said that the invite mechanism that they've got in place should be dropped by the summer. Well, we're in june so i'm guessing that's pretty soon um so for those that are fed up with that that's going to come down i still don't hear many people in the circles that i'm kind of chatting to people in that are using clubhouse there are a certain type of friend or connection i have that do you does use uh, clubhouse but for, for in general terms most people are saying to me they're going in and coming back out again and it's just not you're not sticking with it have you used you know something that well something that actually slipped through the net in terms of actually appearing in the uh newsletter this week but um was news this week was that uh, clubhouse has hired uh the um the person who uh, used to book people for the ted conferences um to uh kind of curate uh, speakers and things for for content for for clubhouse it was in the tech revolution newsletter actually so if you um uh, subscribe to the other uh, geek out newsletter on wednesdays tech revolution uh, it was in there but but um, yeah, uh, that's quite interesting and shows the way they're thinking about this as more a maybe a premium destination for you know, big name interviews, uh, perhaps interactive interviews, but big name kind of highbrow stuff, uh, not highbrow, but, you know, uh, high profile stuff yeah. uh, rather than so much of the kind of uh, user generated stuff. Something we didn't, uh, whilst we're talking about Clubhouse and sort of social audio stuff, um, is um, the news this week about the button. Um, so they've added a new tab on, uh, is it, I think it's just iOS, isn't it, um, for um, Twitter. Um, but it's only for the people that were in this original early um, beta of Spaces are going to get this new tab mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a new um, spaces discovery tab and I, and I didn't think I was going to get it on my version of the app because I wasn't one of the original beta testers I was kind of maybe the second or third tranche or whatever but I did open it this morning and now I have instead of the four icons which is usually the house the uh, magnifying glass the bell and the uh, envelope you now have one squeeze in the middle which is the symbol for spaces the four circles um, so I've had a look at it I'm actually going to look at it right now where we're here to see sort of what stuff is on there um, I'm assuming it's showing me that uh, can't, maybe it doesn't show everything, but the, the top item is the one that's got the most people in the space, and it's something that's uh, being hosted by Tara Ball eight hundred eight on Twitter, and it's um, it's uh, it looks like a, some sort of financial thing, AMC to the moon or a TV show, maybe three hundred sixty five people in that space, and then the next one's one hundred. Oh, that's um, uh, the AMC stock. It's um, it's uh, this um, uh, stock price, oh, Me- yeah, mean yeah. stock stuff, yeah. Um, and then the next ones, um, there's one called Lovers one hundred sixty two. I don't know who's in that space but there's 162 people enjoying lovers and then the numbers go down to 26 41 31 29 8 11 so i, I don't know if that's a snapshot i would I'd, I'd like to well it's not everything or we'd be in that yeah yeah well yeah but um excluding that but anyway interesting that that's there. but the, the more the interesting thing about all of that is though is that the fact that so quickly and so forcefully you know twitter has put that into the app you know front and center staking its mm-hmm. claim we believe that spaces and audio is going to be a big enough deal that we're going to change a significant way of how you use the app by adding another tab and we're going to put it front and center clubhouse and facebook will now see their you know their commitments and intentions to it i, I guess they're pretty much going all in on, on audio then wouldn't you say yeah, absolutely, um, and uh, it, it's it's it is clearly their their big priority for this year at Spaces, and uh, yeah, they're going all in on it. And um, I think uh, you with something like this, you have to really 
push it and push it and make it a big thing or otherwise it just becomes another one of those kind of forgotten features so um will it still be such a big thing in a year's time let's see but um, they, they all they can do is try and they're certainly going to try and uh, so that's good to see um going on to um further down the newsletter there's uh, i've got a section in the dms so i get quite a lot of stuff that comes into my inbox which is sometimes quite interesting gossip or things that kind of can't be attributed to somebody um or just stuff that's just weird and i just thought you might like to know a bit about it um and this week the two things that are kind of partly from dms but also from other stuff um that i've had there seems to be te- instagram testing a replacement for this swipe swipe up links but it's hard to tell whether they, it's going to be a either or, or you, know, you have one or the other, or, or both can be used. But at the moment, if you want to add a link to a story, you have to have 10,000 followers and all be verified, whatever. Um, and then you can do the usual add the link for swipe up. But there has been a link sticker that's been sort of seen in the last few weeks. And then it's now been spotted kind of in the wild. I saw, of all people, for those in the UK, you know Chris Moyles, uh, ex-BBC uh, breakfast DJ. He's got his own shop and he flogs gear off it on instagram and he was using the, the link sticker i noticed it because it was a, the sticker was there showed the link image and then it said chris Moyles dot shop or something and tapped it and you went shop there was no swipe up and a friend um, uh, contacted me and said yeah well i've got the um, i haven't got the ability to add swipe up links anymore i thought i'd lost the ability but actually they've just replaced it and given me the um, uh, the link sticker so i don't know whether that means it's going to testing which one works best or which people prefer who knows i don't think it changes the fact that you still have to have verified or 10,000 plus followers to get the um, link so you know that's the main thing i think a lot of people are more concerned about um another thing this this for me feels like a bug but someone was a couple of people more than two or three reported the fact that earlier this week they could upload a video into their story on instagram and then um instead of it being split into chunks as you'd expect it to over multiple frames of the story it was allowing it to be a, a lengthy chunk of it in one bit of the story like a couple of minutes worth that doesn't sound like a good user experience to me having story sections that could be minutes in length maybe maybe for some it is but um but she, um, she said she can reproduce it so um if you have had that experience i'd be interested to know whether you think that's a glitch or a future um glitch is my my guess um what else have we got this week before we had in there just go to scroll down a bit also there was a report i think it was in the drum uh, which did a thing with linkedin um saying about the digital marketing skills that are um kind of in the last 12 months or so um in linkedin data that shows a massive rise and, and the top some of the top ones in uh, in the recent months have been instagram skills up 72 percent content marketing up 63 percent and Hootsuite skills up 39%. Mm-hmm. And then other ones were Adobe Premiere Pro skills, marketing automation, and Facebook marketing. So if you're in that space, which a lot of people, I guess, in this room probably are, um, then that's pretty good news, isn't it? I would say. Um, uh, not, I think it's not, ju- I think there's also a lot to be said there about the whole fact of creator space opening up in the last six to 12 months more than it's ever done. Forget the pandemic, the, the, the knock on effect of you know, this growth towards the creator economy is probably playing into a, a lot of this. Where People think, Christ, you know, I can make a bit of money here. I just need to upskill in, in some of these key areas. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the quick hits today. There's loads of stuff in there that was spotted um, over the last seven days, um, all sorts of stuff, to do, tiny little features that only a handful of people have got and some other things that um, are in test. So if you're into all that stuff, there's a whole long list of them in, in the newsletter. But I'm going to jump right down to the bottom area for the weekend reading because there's loads of bits in there. Um, Martin, what this week has pulled uh, caught your eye? Which bits did you read? 
Yeah, so this LA Times thing, hashtags have fallen out of style, but not for influencers. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, looking at why um, why influencers are, are using hashtags. Um, I, I, and uh, yeah, so um, I, I just thought, I thought it was interesting because uh, hashtags are one of those things that I think are so ugly and uh, uh, I try not to use them. And uh, sometimes you feel kind of prompted to and you kind of, kind of almost feel forced to on LinkedIn still. And it's like, I don't like using hashtags. They look they look ugly but uh, but they're still a thing and they're still being used i still um, see people uh, on twitter yeah. that put and um, write a tweet and then at the end put like seven hashtags like it's on instagram <laughs> and i just feel like i want to grab them and say no no please I, don't i get people who, who ask me to retweet things for them and uh, they've got like every third word is a hashtag and i'm like why are you doing that you know it's, it's not 2008 or whatever well but, facebook uh, in the last couple of years has you know got back into hashtags so they're they're, they're big on the hashtag stuff and uh, we should really have invited chris Messina into the space to talk about mm. it because being that he invented the hashtag um but we did a, we did an episode didn't we talking about it so on the geek out podcast i think season two um we had uh, chris on talking about hashtags so if you get a chance to go and search up the podcast um you'll find that quite fun but the, but yeah there's an article in the la times uh, if you search out la times hashtags or scroll to the bottom of the, the newsletter that's pinned in this space look for the weekend reads you'll find this article there it's really good um there's also uh, tiktok accidentally detected my adhd um which is an article um a, a opinion piece but in the guardian i think um and uh, some of this rang you know rang true to me and also rang bells because i have said many a time i was diagnosed with adhd when i was 27 and i didn't believe a word in the fact that i had adhd or or anything i just thought it was you know not a thing for me and then after doing a lot of testing and going through a lot of sort of processes I realized actually it was um but it, I didn't actively remember con or consciously remember going through TikTok when I first started using TikTok and picking bits that were saying stuff about or, or TikTok videos that were to do with ADHD at, at all. But I remember sort of slowly over time, suddenly uh, they started appearing more and more. So I, and my hunch would be that maybe I liked one. And then once I watched one, maybe I'd watch one and two and then it kind of flooded it. Now my feed is full of them. But, um, but, <laughs> but I think TikTok actually encourages the ADHD anyway with the speed that you rat rattle through these um, videos. But um, if you hadn't had a chance to have a look at this particular article, you should, because it's quite fun. Um, and it's in The Guardian, TikTok accidentally detecting my ADHD. Um, Nick Clegg has done another essay. Thank you to, um, <laughs> to um, Alex at uh, Facebook for flagging to me that Nick Clegg has done another essay. Um, it's, it's linked to in the bottom of the, in the newsletter. It talks a lot about the kind of internet economy and what the next 20 years for Europe and all that kind of stuff. Um, any other ones that was there? Oh, um, Alex Kantowitz's piece um, that he's done about Twitter's certainty problem. Um, I, can, I don't think I'm going to go into much more detail on that because it's uh, that was what captured my interest in the first place. But it is a really good read um, if you get a chance to search that one out. It's the one, two, three, the fifth one, is it? They're down in the list, Twitter's certainty problem. Anything else from you, Martin, that we've missed? No, I don't think so. I think uh, and no news um, has broke broken while we've been uh, live uh, as far as i can see so uh, nothing to uh, suddenly um, jump in with uh, jack dorsey has broken news while we've been on um, saying that square is considering making a hardware wallet for bitcoin but that's not social media that's his other company square i so, just don't uh, get excited so, by bitcoin stuff no I as soon as i, 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 hear, I hear the word cryptocurrency i glaze over and so i'm bored well yeah i mean i i i 
I think it's interesting. I, I have no time for all the uh, excitement over what the current Bitcoin price is and all that kind of thing. But um, I think that there's lots of potential in, in decentralized tech. And uh, so on that side of things, I think it's quite interesting. And um, certainly uh, what Square is doing around it and uh, the kind of way Jack Dorsey is thinking about decentralized money, but also decentralized social media. Um, and it'll be interesting to see when something comes of that whole project that uh, Twitter kicks off, uh, hopefully sometime soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, uh, if you look at um, Jack's uh, Twitter account, um, at Jack, of course, uh, he's just published a thread about um, a, hard a hardware Bitcoin wallet. Interesting. The top three things that bore me on Twitter right now, number one, NFTs, number two, yes. cryptocurrencies, and then three, as soon as I see the buzzword, the creator economy. As soon as I see those, any of those three <laughs> things, I just kind of spin on by. If it wasn't for the fact that it's good to keep up with all that bits of information for things like this, I would probably put them on, on a mute, which I actually don't use. Before we get, do you actually do you use extensively any of the features for moderation, self-moderation within Twitter, like the, the mute function or, or any of the filters that you can do? Because I just have it show me everything, filter nothing, and then I'll decide if I don't want to see anything, you know, as and yeah, when. I don't, I don't either. I, 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 I don't mute anything. I've got literally no mutes. Um, I, I don't like the idea of missing out on things. And even if it's something I don't like to hear about, I at least want to see it in my feed. And I know that's quite a, quite a privileged thing to say because many people don't want to see things that actually impact their lives in a yeah, negative yeah. way and bring them down and affect their mental health or whatever. And so I totally understand why people use mute um, or there are people they don't want to see in the feed and so they, they, they maybe don't want to block them and create drama, so they mute them. Um, you know, I barely block anyone either. I only block spammers and uh, I, I can't think of anyone I've blocked because I, they annoyed me. Uh, at most, I'll unfollow them or maybe, you know, I, I might mute them, but like I say, I don't use mute. So, uh, so yeah, I just... Uh, but again, that's a quite a, a privileged position to be in to not have that many trolls. Well, uh, but uh, yeah. To, to, to round up things, I'll just tell a quick story to do with um, the, a tweet that went out this week that I posted that ended up getting the, mo one of the, the, the most attention of any of the other tweets that went out. Uh, and unsurprisingly, it was the one to do with, um, I think the tweet just reads, Facebook um, uh, is trying out or testing prayer posts um, for groups or something. That's all the text and the tweet says if you have a look. Um, posted and it's you know, gone everywhere. And then um, as I predicted, I, I've got, you know, quite a lot of um, spam dms and most of it i just ignored but then one somehow creeped into my main inbox it wasn't someone i followed i don't i don't know if they follow me and it just said um bear in mind what i'd said in my tweet the the, the dm was what's your effing problem with religion why don't you why, why are you having such an issue with it prick <laughs> in, in, in a dm to me i was like but the, the DM just says that they've got a feature. Where does where has he managed to get the inference from me? He's very good if he has that. I think you know that, <laughs> that I hate religion or something, which I don't. I don't have really any strong opinion either way on it. But um, but anyway, that's the sort of stuff I get. So never I, tweet. Never tweet about religion. <laughs> and I replied and said, but I haven't said that. Or I think I said, where did I say that? And then, then they disappeared and they didn't say anything after that. So, you know, it's, it's not it's still not as bad as the time when they stuck my information in an article in InfoWars about me thinking that the, the Home Alone um, scene in Home Alone 2 where Trump is in it. I didn't ever say that they should remove that scene because Trump was in it. I was making a reference that people would be talking about that scene being in Home Alone. Somehow InfoWars and others construed that I, <laughs> I, I was such a snowflake that I, need, I was demanding on Twitter because I'm a diva with a, a blue tick that they remove the scene of trump 
I had so much abuse. There's an Instagram story on my Instagram account now of highlights, the last highlights I did, which is just all of the abuse because of that one incident. But I find it quite amusing, so it's all good fun. Every innocent tweet is a potential pawn in the tedious, tedious culture war. Oh, what's the other, what's the other, before we go, what's the other tweet that I shared a few weeks back again? It's, it does the rounds every few years. You kind of, every, every day there's a, there's a main character on Twitter, the game mm. is not to be it. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, on that note, I've got nothing else to say. So I will say goodbye and thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll be back here the same time next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you.